What's going on, Elevators? And welcome into another episode of the Elevate Podcast. Now, today, I have a very, very, very special guest. She goes by Nia the Lock God, and she is the owner of the Lock God products, as well as being the owner of the Lock God Salon, which is stationed out in New York. Now, she is a person who has turned a dream into a reality, but here's the catch. At the young age of 21, Nia is already a millionaire that she became last year at the age of 20 from continuing to put in the work. Her story is very powerful, it's inspirational, and for any brand owners or anybody thinking about owning a brand, she shared a lot of knowledge on this episode about tips of overcoming fear, tips of continuing to run your leg of the race and enjoying every step of the journey, and a part of her journey as well. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and as always, like us, share us, rate us, and remember, stay blessed, stay prosperous, stay dangerous, and enjoy the show. So I know a little bit about you, but for people that don't, just kind of give a little bit of introduction to who Nia the Lock God is and the brand and everything like that. Okay. My name is Nia the Lock God. I am an entrepreneur. I'm 21 years old. I have a salon and a warehouse. We uh, specialize in locks. I have a salon full of locticians and I have a warehouse where I create my handmade lock products that we sell online. So in 2017, you know, you talked about that as kind of being like your start to kind of really, when you started doing hair, when you started, you know, kind of the dreams and the vision. When you were doing hair, the first shop in your early, the first salon that you worked at, what were some of your like biggest takeaways that you took from just working there that, you know, that helped you get to this position now? At that time, that was such a long time ago. I think that at that time, I was really just grateful to be receiving any kind of money at all. But probably at that time, definitely to always make sure that I was putting money aside and being smart about it. And, you know, also at that time, that's when I first learned a marketing strategy that I use frequently now, which is what I call spam marketing. So at that time, that's when I first, I think around then was when I first started implementing just posting a lot in order to gain clients and build my clientele when I was a stylist. So what is like the importance of just posting a lot and just constantly having something out there? You know, what what was kind of the biggest thing that you got from doing that and still doing that now? To me, I think that you always get more eyes that way. Personally, I think that you just get better results for an event that way. I think that if you are, for example, like with us, if we were doing like a restock or if we're doing like a sale, like the Cyber Monday sales, like the more you put it out there especially if people were already interested. It's like now they're constantly reminded of it. They can't forget about it. They keep on seeing it. Maybe they want to talk about it because they keep hearing about it. You know, it's like, even if you see some crazy drama, it's like, if you see it on your Twitter and then you see it on your Instagram, you see it over here and over there, probably going to talk to your friend about it and have a little conversation, you know? So it's kind of like a similar thing with uh, marketing. It's like, if you just keep seeing something over here and over there, you know, you're probably going to ask your friend or have a conversation with whoever somebody in your group chat and be like hey have you heard of this stuff i just keep seeing it and that's just so important that you said that because i feel like something that's helped your brand out so much is just word of mouth you know from obviously i got a connection here because you did my favorite player which i'm guessing is probably your favorite player too with d Rose. absolutely yeah absolutely that's my home skillet oh yeah so how has word of mouth has been so monumental for you in helping scale 
your business, your online sales, just really everything. It's been great. I think that, you know, a lot of people say a lot of good things about my brand, you know, even when I'm not at all involved. One time a while ago, I had noticed that I was gaining a lot of followers on Instagram and I wasn't sure why. Usually when that happens, like some type of blog probably posted me like uh, I got posted by Say Cheese. I got posted by what's that other one? Spiritual mind or word? Spiritual word, I think. And like I'll literally gain like a thousand followers that same day. And so I noticed I was getting a bunch of followers. And I was like, what is this? And people, I was like, you know, I post made a post and was like, where are all these people coming from? Like, if you're a new follower, like, where are you coming from? And they were like, you know, someone posted you in this Facebook chat, like this Facebook group. And I'm like, not even really on Facebook. Like I have a Facebook from when I was in like high school and it's still there, but I don't use it, you know? And so I go on Facebook. I'm not in this group or anything. I join the group to go see what people are talking about. And there's like 800 comments of people saying, you know, that they've tried the stuff posting like their stashes, posting their results, talking about how they love it, talking about their experience that they've had with different packs that we sell and everything like that. And I'm like, I have, I'm not even on Facebook. I'm not even on Facebook. I'm not even in this group. I don't know none of these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is something that they came together and this happened completely organically without me being at all involved. So it was just like, wow, like I, none of these people are influencers for me. None of these people you know, I don't follow any of these people. I've never had conversations with any of these people, but they all came together, 800 comments to yeah. have a conversation about my products. Jeez, that's power right there. It's just, again, the power of social media and just word of mouth. And kind of going back to back in 2019, you know, late 2019, you take a very big step and you decide to kind of get your own space and, you know, level up to the next part of your journey. What... Mm -hmm. What did you feel at that moment in 2019? How did you feel and when did you feel it was right? Like, why did you feel that that moment there was right to get your own space? I did not have a choice. Gotcha. I, I had been kicked out of my other salon. So I don't know if you, did you see the YouTube video or did yeah, you just like, okay. So that was a really, that was like a, a 90 minute video, but like a lot of stuff got cut out. So the part about like all the drama that went on when for me to get kicked out of the other place, I guess was cut out. And, you know, it was kind of just like a, a nice moment. Like, yeah, you know, Nia went and got her own space and yeah, she just did it on, you know, for whatever reason. But it was really like, no, I got kicked out of this place. I did not have a license for like doing hair. So a lot of people would not have like let me work in different places. And that specific building it was like, you know, as long as you follow certain guidelines, it was okay. But even at that time I had clients I had to cancel all of them and I had started going to school gotcha. um, for hair and I went for three days and then they told me like, Hey, if you follow these guidelines, you could be here. And, you know, it was like a crazy expensive, you know, fee or whatever, but you know, they were like, you could be here and you could work. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, Oh damn, I got to start going to school. Like my career is going to be on hold. And three days in, they were like, no, you could just come here and pay more money. And I was like, okay, forget school. And then I dropped out after three days. I mean, and that, that kind of goes into my next question. Like you're at this point now where you're dropped out, you were trying to figure out your next steps, this and yeah. this. Why didn't you just kind of take another route as far as, you know, maybe doing another job or just trying to, you know, figure out this step or that step? Why did you, why were you so focused on just sticking with your product, sticking with your brand and still doing hair? Like what was the focus oh my there? Gosh. 
job for one you know I always say this but like I can't do nothing else like you know people hate when I say that because they're like yes you can do all things and I'm like it's sure but you know and I know where that comes from and I, I agree with the sentiment but it's like I came out of high school I was doing hair when I was in high school and you know it's always been my dream to be a CEO and it's just like, I've never really worked a job. Like even being a CEO, it's almost kind of weird sometimes because they have to tell me about different kinds of things. Like, you know, uh, what, what's that thing y'all was telling me about? Like on like on a holiday oh. time and a half. I don't know what that is. You know, I had to really do my research because I've never worked a job. I don't know. So it's just like work a, work a job. Like I've never done that. I've always been somewhat of an entrepreneur. I used to sell candy across the street from where my warehouse is at. I used to like paint sneakers. I used to do all kinds of stuff. I never really worked a job though. That's just not, I can't even fathom like me job, application, resume. Oh no. (laughs) And that just speaks, that really to me speaks more about the fact that you've got this as your passion, because I think that's what really drives a lot of people is when they find something they want to do is, is passion versus doing the work. And so just kind of, what would you, how would you define, what advice would you tell people about just finding and defining your actual passion? Mm, I would definitely say to be patient and to also just be happy, like in your process. Like, I think that that's very important because when I was in high school, like literally I remember I had almost failed out of high school, not out, but I would have went to like summer school and I was just like, and I wouldn't have graduated. And I was like, bro, like, what the fuck? Like, all of my peers, they know exactly what they want to do. They know exactly what they want to major in. They know exactly what college they want to go to. They're focused. They know what they want to do. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't have, like, because at that time, I felt like I had to do, like, college, major, this, that, stick with it, get a job. Like, and I didn't realize that there were other paths. And so I, at that time, really felt like I was like a failure. And it's really crazy, you know, because I had made like a Twitter post and it's been featured in several blogs. But I said that I literally went from the epitome of failure to the definition of success. And it was just, and it's just like, because at that time, I really felt like, yo, I have no purpose. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to mount to shit. Like, that's how I really felt. And, you know, that's how it felt like when you're failing classes and, you don't know what you want to do. So I would say for, for a lot of people, they probably feel that way. And they're so young. It's like, how are you 18? And you think that you're not going to amount to shit in life. I, what the, what, what, what the hell? That doesn't even make any sense. But that's what the system does to you. And so, you know, when I was young, I didn't know what I was going to become. And, you know, to other people, I say, like, just to be patient with yourself. And, you know, also, whatever you are doing, whatever stage you are in, if you're passionate about it, this is what you want to do. Make sure that you're always, you know, grateful where you are. Because I see a lot of, you know, younger people who are coming up and, you know, especially people who are around me and they're like upcoming entrepreneurs. It's like, they see me where I'm at and they're just like, damn, you know, just because I'm young, I'm 21 years old. They're like, why I'm not there yet. And it's just like, listen, you know, two years ago, I was in my mother's house, you know what I'm saying? Like things can change very quickly. And it's like, even at that time, I was still happy with what I was doing. Gotcha, gotcha. And so the crazy, incredible part of your story is, you know, you become a millionaire at 20 years old, which is, you're talking about, you know, a lot of young people, they want to get to that level because I'm 24 myself. Yeah. And so a lot of people want to get to that level of becoming a millionaire. But what, 
has kept you so grounded and humble, especially getting a, a moment like that? You know, what's kept you grounded and humble? Well, I mean, hmm, I don't I don't know. I mean, there's so I think I have a lot of humbling moments, honestly, all the time. The numbers can look great, but I'm someone who is very sometimes I can be really hard on myself and I, you know, map out projections, you know, long before and everything like that. And, you know, I always kind of am just like, this is really great. We're doing really well, but we can still clean it up a little bit and we still have more goals to accomplish and we still have more refining to do and there's still more work to put in. Got you. Got you. And, you know, you're talking about the work, you're talking about your brand and something that's so great about your brand is the look. And it's like, there's a certain look about your brand that really stands out. And I think a lot of people don't really understand creating a certain look that stands out above the rest. What are kind of some of your advice to number one, have good quality customer service, and then also to have something that stands out and brings value? Oh, definitely. So like heavy on the, the having something that stands out. I actually mentioned this in one of my YouTube videos, I think. I don't know if it actually dropped or not, but about creating something that is, oh yeah, that creating something that's proprietary, like having something that is different, that is unique, that is not, you know, something that anyone can just pick up and do because you want to have not a full monopoly, but a little bit of like, you know, the customer feels like they have to get it from you. And they can't get the exact same thing from Tom, Kate, and Harry, and Sue, you know, because it's it's a lot of people who are starting their businesses. And it's, you know, how you start is and how you finish. You know, I started out selling the do-rags and the bonnets and stuff like that. But over time, you have to realize that that is not going to take you super duper far. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you do it in a way that is not proprietary, because you can make anything proprietary if you're really creative. but if you're not, you know, and you're doing it just like everyone else, I don't know how far you're going to get with that. Something else I picked up that you were talking about, you said that you sold do-rags, you sold bonnets, and that just made me think about call, I mean, not cause and effect, but trial and error. What, yeah. how many trial and error situations did you think you went through before you finally found something that really clicked? I mean, hmm, how many did I think I was going to do? Or how many did you do? Or what all, what all kind of ideas did you have before you found the one thing that really just stood out above the rest. I did a lot of different stuff. Um, I mean, the thing about it is, you know, and going back to what I was saying before, it's just like, I was always happy where I was at. So it's like, even in what now to me, what were failures or whatever, like things that did not continue. I mean, even though when I was selling the do-rags and the bonnets and, you know, other stuff, I was wholesaling other people's products. I was still making like $30 and I was grateful for that, you know? It's just being in a a position where you're kind of just like still even grateful just for the small, the small success, you know, for the small things. And that's what kept me going, honestly. But I mean, every single time I did anything, I thought it was I thought it was great, even though it wasn't you know the million dollar idea. It was like, you know, I made a little bit more money today than I did yesterday. So I'm glad for the progression. And that just it really speaks to really your mindset, because I think you got such a strong mindset and a strong, you know, approach to everything that you want to do. What do you do to keep your mindset so strong? And like, how has your long-term visions and things like that motivated you to keep going and keep your mind strong? Mm, You know, I just take everything day by day. You know, you have different nuances. Like I'm somebody, I don't 
focus too too much on uh on like where I want to be in the long run I think that sometimes that might even like kind of discourage you a little bit when you kind of like in the moment when things aren't going exactly how you want it to go so for me personally because I I had that uh experience you know and it different things when I read out projections and it just didn't go that way even though it still went well but it's like it didn't go exactly how I thought it would go and then it's like man like are we doing bad like is this going to like continue but it's like to get back into that that space that you're in in that moment and just be like you know what how can we be better like tomorrow than we were today let's focus on that and then after a long period of time you're like oh wow you know I done surpassed that projection that I made just by being focused and you know taking it day by day and something else I see you live really under the power of manifestation because I feel that when people manifest a dream a big thing that a lot of people get mixed up is not really putting in the work you know so what Like, what would you say for people that you toss that word around so much about putting in the work and manifesting your dreams? So what would you say about that? I would say that, you know, manifesting is definitely cool. But like at the same time, it's like manifest what actually makes sense for you as as well. Um, And what I mean by that is like, are you like, are you currently putting in the work for this? Because like for me, anything that I manifested, I had already put in a lot of work before I even was like, okay, I know I can get this. I'm going for this. This is what I'm manifesting. And I'm going to consistently put in work until I get to this point because I know that I have the potential to do this. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of just like, what does your work ethic show you what your potential really is? So, you know, like, if you're if you're putting in the work and you know you can get to a certain place, you know what I'm saying? People want, I don't know, they want they want mansions, Birkins, I don't know, whatever people want for themselves. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're putting in that effort and you're putting in that work, like, yeah, like manifest that. But it's like if you sitting on the couch, I mean you could do whatever you want with your time. Yeah. But it's just like if you sitting on the couch and you ain't doing anything, you know, you might just disappoint yourself manifesting things that you're not working for. I got just that's power right there. Because again, I think just so many people talk about it, but they're not really putting in the work as hard as they should be. And with you, you know, you kept scaling up, you kept going, you got your warehouse, and now you just keep leveling up. But you couldn't have got to that certain level of success without having a team around you. So why is it so important to have a strong team that not that really fits your culture and fits your visions? But why is it so important to have such a powerful team with you? It's everything. You know, and sometimes I really have to stop and like think about that because I'm beyond blessed, you know, and I realize that even more whenever I have like, you know, a few rotten eggs in the group. It just makes me think like, damn, like there are some people with a whole team full of people like this. You know what I'm saying? I'm thankful to have genuine, real, actual people who are pushing this brand forward every day. Like my team is small, but they are mighty. Okay, there's five of them out there getting it done. And I think within like, what was it, maybe two weeks, they were able to bottle and pack 9,000 bottles and have it shipped out in a timely manner. Like I'm talking one to three days business, one to three business days, which had customers super duper happy. Everyone's getting their stuff like, and they're writing good reviews. Like it's, I'm just so proud of them. And it's like, that comes from people that are just putting in the work, like, Literally, we had done a delivery by ourselves in the snow, 200 boxes on a big truck. Like, bro, like the truck is 
Like, I think it's the biggest, like an 18 wheeler. Is there a specific name? Mm-hmm. No, it's just, they're called 18 wheeler. 18 wheeler truck. And we took 200 boxes. These are like big boxes too. Mm-hmm. Off of the truck ourselves in the snow. We're like, we got four pl- pallets on the sidewalk. We're packing the boxes, stacking them onto the pallet, then bringing them on uh, hand trucks into the facility because we don't have a loading dock. The next facility will, but this current one does not. So it's like, usually we'll do a lift gate, but because the, the delivery was so large, they didn't. there were no trucks that big with a lift gate on it. Yeah. yeah. So we got one person on the truck, bringing, like I'm out there helping and everything. I got my little jacket and gloves on. Like, and we're just in, in the freaking snow going back and forth. So it's like that. Then they, the other day they got here like seven o'clock in the morning to do a drum delivery. And it was like 30 drums or 40. I don't know how many, mm-hmm. but they did that. Like, we don't have 50 dudes. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like five of us, like getting it, or it's five of the warehouse associates getting it done. And it's just like wanting to, wanting to contribute to this brand and wanting to see it move forward some people just do stuff for a check you know and it's like they sit there and they ask me like like I just actually this is something new that I'm testing out but I just brought this out there for them and they're like oh let me touch it let me smell it let me see like they actually care about that stuff other people would be like all right and when's my check gonna clear like you know what I'm saying like people don't really care about that stuff they ask me how sales are doing they ask me you know about new products that's coming out they ask me about how customers are you know, responding to the faster shipping, like they're actually concerned about these things. Other people, you know, other entrepreneurs, they have a team full of people that just want to check and don't care. So I'm super grateful for my team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because dream, the teamwork makes the dream works. So I mean, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, uh, nothing works dolo. Just a couple more questions for you. I saw that you were able to reward yourself some. You got a new apartment and yeah. you ended up getting the car a little while ago. But yeah. <laughs> talk about the power of really just delaying gratification because again you know when you see money coming in a lot of our mindsets might start shifting towards you know celebrating a little bit but you kind of waited you know you waited really until the moment felt right but what what's so powerful about delaying that gratification and just scaling up as as you go up you know well that was a very very deep way to describe my situation um, but I, I was fiending to get the stuff, but, um, for the car, I did not have a driver's license. <laughs> so I had to, I got that December 29th. I actually passed the road test and had a little piece of paper yeah. and I went to get a rental car like the next day. And then two weeks later bought a car. So, you know, I was fiending with that one, the apartment, that was a long and drawn out process. And my mom's a realtor, so she was very, like, instrumental in that because she's like, you know, she feels like she knows what would be smart for me. And she's like, okay, because at first I was like, man, I, I, I got it. I'm going to spend this much. And she was just like, relax. Like, here's the, here's the amount of money. Here's the range that you should stay in. Yeah. And I was just like, ma, but I got it. And she, no, right here. And I'm like, okay, so... And in New York, there's so many like difficulties with getting these places. And, you know, there's other things that play to the part too. Like I'm probably the only person in my building that looks like me, you know, that doesn't work there. So it's like that may have played a part. Maybe they're not used to people like me living there, but definitely 
the rule, like the actual laws in New York City of like, you must make 40 times the rent personally. Um, and any business owner knows what that means. Um, and so, and then there's some places that they want even more. They want 50 times the rent. They want all kinds of amounts, you know, all kinds of craziness. And these places, they get really expensive. You know, there's a building that I can see from my apartment. Now, you can see it from my living room, see it from the office, see it from my bedroom, but you pretty much see it from every, every room. But there's a building and like, it's in like Tribeca or something. Hmm. And the penthouse is $100,000 a month to rent. Truth. New York City is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like that's that's different from Alabama, though. Anyway. It's absolutely, and then imagine having to make forty times that. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's a lot, right there. Yeah. Just another one. You know, you talk about your journey, and you talk about people really enjoying their steps. You know, enjoying each step of the journey. Why was yeah. that so important for you? And really just what can you say about people just enjoying their own personal journey? Because again, it's like, you know, when people see your numbers, when they see other people having success, they want to try to rush the process. They don't really enjoy the marathon of the process. So what is, what's some tips that you got for people to really just enjoy that step and enjoy it? Yeah. Focus on yourself. Like, honestly, for me, when I started out, I didn't know about, there's so many entrepreneurs that I follow now, you know. I follow Judy and Supercent, Courtney Adelaide and, you know, Pinky and all these other people. And, you know, if I would have been watching them when I first started, I would have been like, damn, I ain't doing shit. God, you said she made a million dollars and what? Today? Like, God damn. Like, I would have felt bad about myself. But I didn't know any of these people at that time. And I was just doing my own little thing. I just knew about other locticians and everything like that. And I knew that I was branching out, you know, they were doing hair and I was like okay I'm doing hair and I'm selling my product and you know I was putting out like a little hundred bottles or whatever and I was still happy for what I was doing and with that being said even if you know these other people that's cool motivation is everything but just really focus on focus on yourself you know what I'm saying try not to focus too much on what other people are doing and feeling like you need to be in those spaces like when you're not there yet you know just be happy in your steps be happy in your growth and what you're doing because you know every like especially on on social media like growth happens out of nowhere yeah. you know what I'm saying? It, it comes from nothing you know and I was just talking to my assistant about that this morning when we were in the car I was like yo there's different nuances you know these projections that I make for the year I make multiple of them but you know the base one that I kind of really like focused on it's like there are different nuances that that doesn't even include you know what I'm saying like whenever when we went to go do D Rose's hair that was like a big deal, way bigger than I knew it was going to be. And that was like a nuance that I could not have accounted for when the year started. I could not have said, yes, yeah, so I know I'm going to do deep. Like, I did not know that. <laughs> so it was kind of just like that could not have been accounted for. And those things happen a lot, especially online and on social media. It's like like whole bunch of success can literally come out of nowhere. And you just got to be ready for it. That's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. As always, continue to share, continue to like, continue to rate, continue to elevate. Because the more content that you guys can share, the more I can get out for a number of people so we all can continue to get better. As always, my name is EK Chandler. And remember, stay blessed, stay prosperous, stay dangerous.